What's good everyone and welcome back to Kaya's Commentary and if you're new here, welcome to Kaya's Commentary. This is a podcast that offers commentary on pop culture topics, real world issues, anything in between, and maybe even some advice every now and then. Before we get down to it, don't forget to follow slash subscribe and hit the bell so you get notified when new videos drop. You can follow me on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at Kaya R. Pennington and you can follow Kaya's Commentary on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at Kaya's Commentary. Also, before we kick it off, you see the backdrop? You see it? You like it? You mess with it? I do. I really like it. I saw this and I was like, nope, I gotta get it. I gotta get it. I'm not, I, I'm a 2000s baby, but like, um, there are times where I look at a 90s fit and be like, oh, I could so pull it off. But this backdrop, for sure, I'm gonna try to, I'm, I'm gonna try my hardest to be like, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get some 90s attire. Um, also, before we kick it off, lighting will forever continue to kick my butt and so if i look too much this way y'all get the glare if i look too much that way y'all get the glare uh since i talk with my hands in my head y'all gonna get the glare so y'all let me know how y'all feel about my glasses being on i'm determined to make it work but y'all let me know y'all thoughts on it with that let's kick it into our first segment it's kind of a world news slash what drives me and i really didn't want to talk about this but the only other like trending thing like online conversations online discourse or uh what drives me would have been to talk about jonathan majors and i don't want to talk about that either outside of the fact that the same males who was bashing him in february for emasculating the black man by wearing pink and having roses in his hand it's not defending him. All it take is to is to is to beat a chick, huh? Or to to recklessly endanger a said chick. That's all it take for y'all to. So I don't really want to talk about that because I can't say anything that anyone else hasn't already said. And honestly, on the topic that I'm about to talk about, I can't say anything that anyone has already said. But I did not really care to talk about this particular topic. But let's get into it. So Z Way. Um, has an interview recently where they interviewed George Santos. Now, I don't really know Z-Way's content. I don't know them. I don't follow them. I don't like their content. Her content doesn't come across my page. I know that she's like a satire person, comedic-wise and political-wise, but it... it, I need y'all to stop acting like this is a reality. People want to scream, oh, this is such a dystopian. This is such a dystopian. The world we're living in. And then you're contributing to that dystopian reality. Why are you interviewing these people like it's a reality TV? Stop. So in her interview, and... (laughs) this is why i really think it was a skit and obviously like yeah it's a skit but no like i think it's a skit skit because she asked him straight out what can we do to get you to go away why'd you ask him that after inviting him to your show like like i said i don't know z waste this isn't really like a bashing of her but like this is more to do with people sitting here bringing these types of people onto their show which i'm gonna come back to in a minute um so he was like you can stop inviting me to your things and there was dead silence for a few minutes before she was like so no dancing with the stars no no drew uh uh, no uh rupaul's drag race i don't fully know what he said but i think he was like "Mm, i don't know i always really wanted to read a bitch dead silence because he read her and so she was like so the solution is to just stop inviting you places yeah but you can't because you want content why he sound like a queer-coded villain i guess i've never really listened to him but why 
Like, uh, stop inviting me to your gigs. But you can't. Because you want the content. Like, why you sound like a queer-coded villain? I'm sorry if that's a stereotype, but like... Man's weird. And so... I, people want to sit here and, and giggle about this kind of stuff and to be fair Z-Way did somewhat face backlash um, when she announced that she was going to interview him because like this man is fascist or he's like he's been in depth with those other fascists it's not funny it's not cute to you know sit here and bring him on to give him space to talk about his side of the story like so yeah, now he's getting semi-praised by, oh, he read her. He read her. And it's like, I don't even want to say that he read her. But he did. But like, him getting praised for that, it's like, why are you bringing these people onto your shows? Stop giving these people time to talk about their side of the story. And this doesn't even go for, like, a Z-Wave, who, like I said, she does, like, satire. And it's for, like, if you really wanted to do satire, do a mockumentary. Don't see her and actually bring the actual fascists onto the show and be like, oh no, it's all satire. I'm gonna get him, I'm gonna get him, and then he gets you. And now you sit here looking stupid. And you gotta be like, oh, but no, this whole thing is a skit to get people talking. It's getting people talking about how you look stupid. Again, I don't know Z-Way, so I ain't really trying to bash her like that, but I firmly believe, I firm like 75%. My, my brain is like, if y'all had not been inviting old dude onto uh, your late night shows, onto Saturday Night Live, onto The View, onto all this, if y'all had not taken him as serious as a candidate, the 2016-2020 uh, administration, I'm 75% confident, would not have happened. 75% confident, it would not have happened. You give these people spaces to talk about their stuff and their rhetoric and then it just builds from there. And that's not to say that they wouldn't have had a following. But like, when you give them even more to build a following or to tell their side of it. Th these are not serious candidates. He should not have been taken as a serious candidate. This is a real issue. Stop bringing these people. Even on The View. Because again, like I said, Z-Way is satire. Um, and some people want to act like oh she's not a real journalist she only does celebrities and whatnot but even for stuff that is quote-unquote real journalism and uh, you could argue about the view being real journalism or not uh having these people from uh, from this 2016 2020 administration with all these tell all books and revealing their side of it we peeped game when they were there in that administration and we said something. So there's nothing in those books that could be like, oh, this is just such a revelation. Stop bringing these people on to tell their quote unquote side. There is no side. They do not deserve to speak. There's no, there, there's no, nothing they could say to be like, oh, this is just a revelation. And we really like, there are cults. And you can be like, oh, I got into a sex cult and I was really harming myself, but he just, they seem so persuasive. And then there's, oh, I got into the Charles Manson cult and we were out here killing people, but now I'm free and I need to tell, no, you don't need to tell your side of the story. You need to go to jail. That's what you need. You need to, you need to be locked up. You need to be under the jail. Stop giving these people room to tell their quote-unquote side of the story. They, there is no their side of the story. They were complicit in it. They did not care about telling their side until he cut them off. 
There is nothing in their books, in their exposés, in their interviews that could be that could say anything. It could be just so, oh my God, revolutionary. Stop. Stop. If you want to do satire, if you want to get people talking, do mockumentaries. But actually bring in the fascists on the show to sit here and be like, no. Like, a lot of y'all, a lot of y'all, I'm like highly percent. Y'all, y'all will sit here and, and, because somebody could actually say this about Biden too. The way people still interview him and they're calling him like a, you know, saying he's complicit in what's going on with Palestine. But a lot of y'all would very much bring on a certain, um, a certain Aryan race person and interview them. A lot of y'all would stop giving these people who are admitted white supremacist spaces to talk. It's ridiculous and it's beyond stupid. Stop. With that, let's get into our next segment. Uh, let's go to the movies, where I give my commentary on a movie I've seen. Ironically, the movie that I've seen also kind of deals with the person that I just brought up, semi. Um, so let's get into it. We are talking about the sound of music. Every Christmas, and they used to do it on Easter too. I don't know if they still do it on Easter. Uh, they would play the sound of music. ABC would play the sound of music in their rotation of Christmas movies. And though it is one of my favorites, I have never understood why we consider this a Christmas film. Like, it's set in the summer of the 1930s in Austria. <laughs> why is this a Christmas film? Is it a Christmas film? Let's get into it. So, it opens with beautiful Austrian lands, and there's font on the screen that reads, In the golden age of Salzburg, Austria, in the 1930s. And then we get a zoom in on Maria singing The Sound of Music. It's an actual song within the movie. The hills are alive with the sound of music. Um, she's on a hilltop and she's just viewing the lands. Maria is a carefree spirit. She loves music, she loves dancing, she loves singing. Which is fine, unless you a nun. <laughs> and so she realized she's a nun in training. And when she realized, do they call those novices, or is that just like monks? I think she's a novice. Um, so when she realized that she's late, she's rushing back in. And now at the Abbey, the nuns talk about Maria to the Mother Supreme, and half of them are like, "Well, she just needs to calm down. She needs to like let her spirit, you know, roam and then be settled." And the other half is like, "No." She's a, she's horrible. She's not gonna make a good nun. You gotta get her up out of here. And so they sing a, a song, um, "How do you solve a problem like Maria?" And it's really like it's it's an insult kind of song. It's like a backhand compliment kind of song. And I'm gonna come back to this because it's fine in this scene, but the scene that they also have it in, side eye. So Maria's rushing back to the Abbey. She thinks she's beating the time. She thinks she's got away scot-free. And then she sees the nuns and they see her. And so she's like, why do I even try? And she going ahead and just going about her business. So the Mother Supreme, who's like, yeah, you probably do need a little bit of a toning down. You need to like calm yourself. Uh, she sends Maria to be the governess to Captain Von Trapp and his seven children. On the, on the way, Maria, ever the optimist, uh, faces a challenge with head held high and she has a song. This is a musical, if you haven't gotten the hint, this is a musical, which I will never 
people who don't like musicals, I will never understand y'all because when people say that, I automatically think of The Sound of Music. I think of Dreamgirls. I think of um, Hairspray. I think of Fiddler on the Roof. I think of all these great musicals and it's like, none of these appeal to you. None of these appeal to you. You can sit there and watch an action movie for two hours with a superhero sitting there destroying the city and all of this. And that's believable. You can sit here and watch a rom-com where they fall in love under two hours. And that's totally... But musicals is where you draw the line. Singing about your feelings is where you draw the line. I don't trust people who don't like musicals. But I said all that to say this is a musical. So if you're not a musical person, this ain't gonna be a cup of tea. But trust people who don't like musicals anywho maria faces the challenge with head held high and she has a song about it once at the house she marvels at the estate and is interrupted by captain von trapp georg uh he's a bit proper he introduces his kids using whistles uh the von trapp children don't play they march that's what the maid tells maria so each child introduces himself to their specific whistle. So he'll blow the whistle, which is a certain sound, and then they'll step forward and introduce himself. He's a Navy captain, so he runs his house kind of like he was on the ship. So uh, from oldest to youngest, we have the kids. Liesl, 16. Frederick, 14. Uh, Louisa, 13. Kurt, 11. Brigida, 10. Marta, 7. And Greta, 5. Now, obviously, that's not the kid's real name. This story is based off a true story, which I'm going to come back to. So, Captain Von Trapp, Georg, I'm going to stop calling him Georg. Um, he tries to give Maria a whistle, and she's like, oh, no, 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 no. The children have very pretty names, and I'd rather call them back that. Dog whistles are for dogs and, and animals, but not for children, not for humans, not for me. And Georg is like, uh, this is a large estate. You're not going to be yelling across my estate. Um, and she's like, watch me. So he storms off and she blows the whistle after him. And she's like, yo, I don't know your signal. What's your signal? And he's like, you can call me Captain Von Trap. So that gives the kids a little giggle. And once they're alone, Maria tries to get to know the kids a bit better. Uh, but they play a cruel trick on her. They put a frog in her skirt. And to me, that's, that's a horribly cruel trick. Like, why would you put a frog? I, I'm gone. I'm out of there. And the reason that they do this, uh, cause with the last governess, uh, the maid was like, you lucky cause the last governess, it was a snake. So each governess, they play these cruel tricks on to run them off. Why? Because they're trying to get their father's attention. He doesn't pay attention to them. Uh, their mother died. And so after she died, it's like, he's, he's so hard and he doesn't want anything to really do with that reminds them of her, including the kids. So he run it like like a ship like hey we have orders and so to get his attention they play these tricks and he just he refuses to notice at dinner maria arrives late <laughs> and she finds another cruel trick a pine cone in her chair again i certainly don't you know we don't condone whooping kids no more but like i might chuck that pine cone at the oldest because like i know this was your idea I know they taking their orders from you, so I might, I might have checked there at the oldest. Anyway, um, they're about to start eating. Maria, the nun, is like, yo, we gotta pray. She starts praying, and she also shows the kids that she can play cruel uh, mind games on them as well. She somewhat calls out the kids for their uh, gift, which makes the uh, younger ones upset, because it's like, you know, we're being called out in front of dad, and it's like, 
I feel really bad about it. A telegraph arrives and Liesl, the oldest, she tries to go, she tries to get away from the table. Georg is like, nah, you're gonna sit here, you're gonna eat with the family. And we also learn that Georg visits a baroness a lot and that she will be coming back with him on his next visit along with a family friend, Max. So Liesl actually does make it outside and she meets the telegraph boy, Rolf. And they kind of have this little puppy love thing going on. But he's like, no, you're too young. You're 16 and I'm 17. And so I'll take the burden of like taking you. His, his 16 uh, going on 17. I like the song, but it's also like, man, he is, he is, Ralph, Ralph. He's also a Yahtzee on the making. I'll censor myself. Um, the underdrop of this story of the sound of music is that it's Austria and it's golden ages before uh, the Yahtzees and Hitler, I'll censor myself, uh, takes over. So Rolf is a Yahtzee in the making. Um, Marta and Maria is getting ready for bed when the maid brings in new materials for dresses per Georg's request. He saw the outfit she arrived in. He's like, no, that won't do. Which, why do you care what I'm dressed like? I'm here to nanny your kids. Like, even if I look tacky, like, even if I came in a nun's habit, like, why do you care what I'm... Anyway, he requests new dress, a new material for her because she can't make her own clothes. Uh, Maria talks to the maid about like making the kids um, play clothes and that's where the maid is like yeah no he's not gonna go for that that's just they don't do that here uh, Liesl comes in through the window and she and Maria are about to talk but the others uh, the other children scared by the storm that's going on kind of come into the room and so Maria comforts them with a song favorite things which is why i guess we count this as like a christmas movie because it's like uh raindrops on roses whiskers on kitten uh snowflakes that stay on my nose and eyelashes silver white winters that melt into spring so like i guess that's why we consider this a christmas film because outside of that there is no other christmas element to this none so she's singing them a song and she gets them all involved which kind of makes them really open up to her but Georg comes in and orders everybody to bed. Maria tries to get him to compromise on the play clothes to no avail. He's like, no, these are my children. I know what's best for them. No. And so she ends up getting the idea to make play clothes out of uh, the old curtains that are going to be replaced anyone, anyway. So she makes them play clothes. And while Georg is away, he's visiting the Baroness and he's going to bring her back along with Uncle Max. Maria takes the kids on a picnic and they gallivant all around town actually having fun with one another and Maria teaches them how to sing so that they may impress the Baroness which is where we get the famous doe a deer a female deer ray a drop of golden sun me a name I call myself uh do re me <laughs> so Georg Max and the Baroness come back to one see the kids swinging on trees and so they're driving down the street and then they see kids swinging on trees and the Baroness is like oh what is that and Garrick is like, ah, probably some local urchin children. And then he has a thought, and to me, his thought is like, wait a minute, are those my local urchin children? Um, so when they get to the estate, the kids are gone, and so he figures that they're with Maria. Um, and we also see that Georg is a, I don't want to say nationalist in the sense of like, like the Yahtzee's version of nationalists, I guess. Like he has pride in being Austrian 
and seeing that these uh people are coming over and taking over the land and trying to change up things it's upsetting him and so max who has no political affliction affiliation um he's like what's gonna happen is gonna happen just make sure don't let it happen to you and that sets gayark off he's like don't ever say anything like that again like you have to help these this is our land this is our you know livelihood that's being erased so we see that he he is a nationalist he cares about i don't know if i really want to use the word nationalist because that has a negative connotation to it these days doesn't it but you get my meaning uh the baroness tries to calm him back down uh which is when we finally see the kids they're on a boat on the lake and they end up falling into the boat which embarrasses georg to no avail so he introduces his kids and then he dismisses them to go get changed and report back he and maria get into it and in this this little argument that they're having he ends up calling her captain which was an accident so she's like you know you need to you need to start paying more attention to your kids and he's like you don't tell me about my kids you don't know nothing about my kids i know everything i need to know about my kids and he starts to storm off and she's like oh we're not finished and he's like yes you are captain maria and then he starts to like that was an accident that was an accident and i'm I, the director decided that he liked it so much he was gonna keep it in there but i find that interesting that that was an accident uh, can't play that off when you're not on stage. I'm sure he could have played it off if he was on stage. Christopher Plummer was a prominent stage actor back in the day. So, Greyerg is about to fire Maria, but then he hears and sees the kids singing, and he goes to join in. Before he comes back out, he apologizes to Maria. He's like, I was harsh, I was wrong, you were right. And Maria's like, I'm far too outspoken, I can shut up sometimes. But she gets to keep her job. Later, the kids put on a puppet show, uh, for Max and, and Mac, for Max and Georg. So Max and Georg, they enjoy it. And Max wants to enroll the kids in the upcoming festival, but Georg is like, I don't want my kids singing in public. Uh, the Baroness, she's not impressed at all. <laughs> like she, the music is good, the singing is good, but she ain't here for all of that, right? She's like, uh, y'all look cute, but like, Max, you should tell me to bring my harmonica since we're gonna be a family band. She also uh, sees that Georg is starting to open up to Maria. And the uh, duet that Georg and Liesl have, uh, Erovas, he kind of like his attention while singing this song, which I think Erovas is kind of somewhat a love song to Austria, if I'm remembering correctly. He kind of like opens up and starts looking at Maria. And so the Baroness and Max peep game. So the Baroness peep game as to where Georg's attention is. Max peep game as to where the Baroness's attention and where Georg's attention is. Uh, next scene, we get a party. Georg and, ben and the Baroness. Her name is Elsa, but I'll continue to call her Baroness. They mill about and Georg we see him again defending Austria to those that would rather like just wash away all that history. The children observe the party and Liesl begins dancing with an imaginary partner before Friedrich lends a hand. Maria sees and shows the children an Austrian uh, folk dance with Kurt and Georg sees Kurt and Maria dancing and Maybe I shouldn't because the subject matter of like the undertones of this film are like very serious. But the romance in this film had me like giggling and kicking my feet up. Like he want her so bad. Garrick want her so bad. Like he see Kurt dancing with her. And so they're dancing and Maria's back is turned. And he come up and so he tap Kurt on the head and be like, get on up out of here, man. And then he, he turn around, he take her hand. And so they do this folk dance. Um... 
they do this folk dance and they get to the point where like it's, it's kind of somewhat intimate not really but it's like they're getting really close and they it's it's an embarrassing moment for maria and so she's like after the dance is over she's like oh i can't remember anymore and one of the kids come up i think it's uh Birgitta. she comes up she's like your face is all red is it the way i would have turned to her and said be quiet because Look, I have never liked being told to stay out of grown folk business. But the way I would have turned to her and said stay out of grown folk business. Because, like, sis, step away. Like, the girl man's had me, the romance had me giggling and kicking my feet up. They want each other so bad. Like, it's it's really cute. It's really cute. The children say goodnight. Uh, so long, farewell, Avita Zane, I do. That song. Uh, Maria is about to leave, uh, but Max invites her to stay. He looks over at the Baroness and he's like, this is business because he knows that Maria is about to have some type of influence on Georg. And Georg tries to play it cool. He's like, oh, you can stay if you want. And Maria's like, oh, I'm not well dressed. And he's like, oh, we'll wait for you. And that man know he wanted her to stay. Like he knew he wanted her to stay. So Maria goes off to find something more suitable for the party. The Baroness kind of slinks after her and she's like trying to help her find something to wear and she's like now where is that lovely blue dress you were wearing the other day where the captain couldn't keep his eyes off you couldn't keep his eyes off me what are you talking about like yeah he kind of feeling you i know you're feeling him he think he feeling you too that's the man's attention but it wanders it wanders and it has like maria feeling a little ashamed because she feel like she's there on quote-unquote god's errand and so it's like i'm supposed to be doing his work i'm not supposed to be sitting here following for this person especially when this person is engaged to another so she runs up she's like you know what i gotta go back to the abbey i gotta go back to the abbey and baroness is like well is there anything i can do to help and maria's like nope there's nothing actually there is one thing don't tell the captain and the baroness is like oh i wouldn't dream of it you know what i gotta kind of respect the baroness okay like she's been working on gary for months maria come in and start singing since you come in and start singing and that's all it took no no ma'am get thee back to the nunnery this man belongs to me like i respect the baroness she 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 was trying to hold on i kind of have to respect it so maria flees and the baroness tries to keep the kids playful but you know she isn't enjoying it as much as they are and so she's like yeah max when school set back in boarding school boarding school now the kids are upset that maria is gone because they, they've grown attached to her and they question georg about it about her leaving and he's like well she just wanted to go back to the abbey um she liked the kids but she she just needed to go back to the abbey and so the kids are like okay well that sounds like a lie i don't believe it but who's gonna be our new nanny now who's gonna be our new governess now and garrick is like you're not getting a new nanny you're getting a new mummy and he introduces the that he and the baroness are going to get married the kids are not here for it but they congratulate her anyway before they go on about their business their business is to go see maria at the abbey but they can't see her because she's in seclusion but the mother confessed her mother confessor <laughs> i knew i was gonna make them i knew i was gonna make that mistake the mother uh supreme she hears about the kids coming to see and so she calls maria in and she's like why did you leave were they unkind to you and that's when maria was like no i just felt like i was there on god's errand and i'm sitting here asking for his love and mother supreme was like it's not wrong it's not wrong and you got to go back and you got to figure out if there's something there go so uh 
Garrett questions where the kids have been. They come back home and he questions where they've been. They give him excuses and in kind, he plays mind games with them. He's like, oh, since you guys are so full of the berries that y'all say y'all ate, y'all must not want dinner. And he kind of rolls, he kind of goes off. Now the kids, they're upset. So they're like, well, what is Maria doing? She's upset. She sings. So they sing um, favorite things. And Maria, you can hear her join in. And so the kids get genuinely happy to see her again. And they also tell her that the Baroness and Georg are getting married. And so she's immediately like, oh, well, face plant. Georg comes out. He tells the kids that their dinner is on the table. And he's also like, well, why did you leave? Well, you know, I just felt there. Maria gives him all types of excuses. But she's also like, congratulations on YouTube's engagement. Now, Baroness peep game again. She see Georg looking at her. And Georg is like, are you staying? And Maria's like, nope, only until the arrangements for another governess can be made. So that night at, after dinner, Georg is watching Maria. She is walking along in the garden. And the Baroness peeps game again. And she tries one last time. Uh, she's like, uh, what do you want for your honeymoon? Where can we go for our honeymoon? What kind of presents? Georg isn't buying it. He's like, I'm being unfair to you. I'm being unfair to me. And so the Baroness got to stop him. She's like, hey, yo, you know what? You know what? let's not even do this because i like you i really am fond of you but you are much too independent for me she kind of flipped the script right she's like i need somebody who needs me or needs my money desperately she's very rich and that's not you we've had a nice time but i'm sure there's another girl out there for you she is fond of him and so but she does know when to give up that's why i have to respect the baroness i'm not gonna call her a villain uh, for what she did to Maria earlier in the film. She was trying to hold on, but she knew when to hold on and she knew when to let go. So I'm not gonna call her a villain. I respect her. So Georg and Maria give into their feelings. He comes down to talk to her and he's like, I just don't know why you left, you know? And she was like, well, I just had to, but it doesn't matter because you and her getting married. He's like, actually, we're not getting married. Did you come back just for the kids? And she was like, oh, well, I guess I did come. I didn't come back just for the kids. Wait, you're not getting married? Wait, you didn't come back just for the kids? And so they have a little cute little song. And like I said, the romance in here had me kicking my feet up giggling because like it was so bad. The way he take her chin and pull her in. I'm sorry, if somebody did that to me, you might have me like, woof. That's, that's a joke. I don't really like people like that. But like, when I see it on camera, especially when it's like two people who obviously want each other or when I like read about it, forever one of my favorite things. Maybe I shouldn't like kick, be giggling, kicking my feet up because of the actual subject matter within the film. But the romance component, I feel like was very sweet and I feel like was very cute. So Maria and uh, Georg get married. Her wedding song, how do you solve a problem like Maria? She's a flippity flip, a whippity whip, a clown. Like it would be one thing if they just played the music, which later in the scene they do play the music just, but at the beginning they were also singing that. Why would y'all think that would be a cute wedding song for me to walk down the aisle to? This backhand compliment song, like everybody, all, every nun who had anything to do with that you're gonna have to catch this baby because like why would you think that would be an acceptable wedding song but they get married they go on their honeymoon we also see that austria is being overtaken by the yahtzees uh max is told to remind garrick of his new position in the new world order 
Uh, once he gets back, we also see that Ralph is now too preoccupied to mess with Liesl. He's occupied with other and more important issues now. He's a Yahtzee in the making, so he kind of brushes her off. Maria and Georg return as soon as possible, and they see a Yahtzee flag hanging on the property. Um, and so, he sh Georg shows Max that flag, and Max is like, I didn't have anything to do with it. You know that wasn't me. Uh, Maria and Liesl have a song, somewhat of a revamp, 16 going on 17, where she's like, when you really fall in love, it's just, it's gonna be, okay? So don't worry about no puppy love right now. When you really fall in love, it's gonna be. Uh, Max and Garrick somewhat get into it because he's like, we have to get along to go along with these people. And Garrick is like, no. Sometimes I really don't think I know you, Max. He's like, no, no. So Georg and Maria come to the conclusion that they have to leave. They have to leave Austria and their home. And they use the festival as a cover to do it. So the family does end up singing in the festival, which I never understood why Georg didn't want his kids to sing in the festival. He didn't want his kids to sing in public, but he let them sing at that party, which had a lot of the same people in attendance. Like, anyway, they sing at the festival and they win, but they are not there to accept their uh, prize because they're gone so uh the guards go chasing after them and they end up at the nunnery where the nuns are hiding the family they almost get away scot-free but Rolf sees them and so Georg tries to talk him down he's like yo your boy playing a man's game right now you don't belong to them you have your own free will you'll never be one of them so Rolf is he he almost falls for her, but he's also like not one of them i'll show you how much of a man i can be so he calls his lieutenant but the family still gets away and the guards are unable to go after them because the nuns have disabled their car and the family goes over the hills to switzerland and that's really the movie now let's focus on the factual elements and somewhat of the behind the scenes elements like i said this was based off the standard music was based off a real life story uh based off the broadway version which is based off the book the von trapp family singers i believe which is which was written by the uh real life maria so uh factual elements the family left by train to italy and then they relocated to london before finally relocating to america they did not go over the hills to switzerland even though like a lot of those countries are so close together um trekking that way would probably probably have put them in germany which probably would have put them near some of the uh cabins up in the mountains that hitler owned so that wouldn't have been smart uh there were concerns about draping the flag over the city after years you know after it only had happened for real a couple years down the road the mayor was like oh no it's fine it's fine the neighboring towns were like i don't know how we feel about that and so the director was like okay we'll use like footage we'll just use footage of it happening which ironically was more incriminating than actually putting fake flags over there because that footage showed that these neighboring countries or whatever were a little bit too accepting of the yahtzee uh populace so fake flag incriminating footage um the real maria von trapp in her own words was much worse than on camera maria von trapp the maria in the movie is a lot to handle and there's even a line where uh Derek is like tell me maria were you this much trouble at the abbey and she's like oh much worse apparently she was much worse also the uh directors and the and maria they got into disagreements about certain things 
uh, which led them to not inviting her to the premiere saying that there was no more seats so she was literally Maria was literally sitting here waiting for a call from the film about an invite and she was like I had to humble myself and be like yo where's my invite and they were like oh no we're really sorry there are no more this is my story what do you mean there are no more seats somebody finna have to get kicked out somebody finna have to get kicked out because this is my story also the family took issue with them hardening Georg um he apparently he was not so stiff as he was in the film now I believe the real Captain Von Trapp he was already gone I'm, so, I'm assuming because Christopher Plummer there wasn't much knowledge about the real life Georg and so he went to go talk to one of his nephews and the nephew was like oh yeah he was just stiff he was just boring um and also the director was like him being so stiff at the start of it and then softening when maria gets here kind of showed it's it's a that contrast it'll show that contrast better but the family was like he was not like that also maria and Georg did not fall in love immediately in the film when maria returns to the abbey she wants to be there but at the same time it's like she misses the kids in real life Maria very much liked the kids but she very much wanted to go back to the Abbey and when she found out that she could not go back to the Abbey she was also like well I really like the kids and the only way to make my stay in their life permanent marry the daddy we grew to like each other we grew to love each other they liked each other already but we grew to love each other but I find that a little funny but okay uh behind the scenes um goofs or facts uh Christopher Plummer hated the film he was a stage actor and thought the film different. Uh, he also referred to it as what the sound of mucus or SM. He hated the film. He just he it was he did not like it. He also dis uh, somewhat disliked Julie Andrews. Uh, I he would later say that you know he was being immature about her feeling his feelings towards her and she was a downright professional and he would soften to both the film and to Andrews and they will remain close friends until his death about what two three years ago um Andrews sang supercalifragilisticexpialidocious for the kids on set and I just want to know their thoughts like when that film came out because uh, the sound uh, the Mary Poppins hadn't come out when the sound of music had came out and so I'm assuming they thought that she made up this song randomly for them and then when they saw it on film or at the very least heard about it I wonder were they like she put our song in that film or were they like oh wow she sang us a song she probably shouldn't have sang us because that was incriminating like I just want to know their thoughts like I said the captain the captain uh thing was an accident he was not supposed to call her captain but it was an accident and the director liked it so much that they just decided to keep it on uh everyone seemed to have a crush on each other Liesl the actress who played Liesl she was 22 had a crush on Georg Christopher Plummer he was 35 uh they swear nothing came of it even though it was a mutual attraction they swear nothing came of it Friedrich had a crush on Liesl you remember Friedrich is like the second oldest son or the first son second oldest child okay look as long as nothing came of it okay and I'll stop there with the facts, but there are plenty of other interesting facts about this movie. Uh, due to the inaccuracy a little bit and the, you know, the taking of uh, liberties, li uh, liberty taking, and the treatment of the real life Maria, I will dock a few points, but overall, 7 out of 8 to 7.5 to 8 out of 10. I think it's a very enjoyable film. Uh, I don't think it's a Christmas film. They just throw it in there because of those two, that song um even if you don't like musicals i just don't see how people don't like musicals like i, I just try the film 
try it. I, I really think it's worth it. With that, let's kick it into our third and final segment, college tips slash to whom it may concern um, from a college graduate. Now, like I said, to who it may concern, because it could also kind of double as like life advice, but we don't really do life advice on here. To whom it may concern, but to whom it may concern is really for when I'm feeling a certain way and just want to let somebody else know that, hey, if you're also feeling like this, you're not feeling like this alone. But uh, to whom it may concern slash college advice from a college graduate, do your daily affirmations. Seriously, affirmations help me so much throughout the day. I do them in the morning. I do a midday check-in where like around noon or so, I'll sit there and talk about how I'm feeling uh, physically mentally spiritually emotionally and then at night i do a nighttime meditation do your daily affirmations sitting here and and having this positive at least at the very least waking up with a positive outlook on life oh i'm gonna have a great day oh uh i'm gonna get that good grade oh i'm i'm gonna have a good dinner a good breakfast having note cards taped to like your mirror or your wall you're an amazing person you're gonna get this job you're gonna get this grade this essay is gonna be complete it, it helps so much at least for me it helps so much to kind of like kickstart the day and when you're feeling kind of down you can look at that and maybe hopefully help you uh kickstart that positivity again do your daily affirmations sometimes i'm not even gonna lie it's a little hard because sometimes you just be tired from the previous night and it kind of roll over into the morning but again having this stuff taped up on your wall on your mirror on your phone and your mentality just do your daily affirmations it will help you i promise you i'm not like a doctor or anything so i can't say endorphins it makes it so much better but like seriously when you start kind of looking at that in that positive way i did the best that i could i'll do better tomorrow it really is helpful like it really is helpful do your daily affirmations to whom it may concern slash college advice from a college graduate that's it that's all i got and that's kaya's commentary thanks for listening and watching if you like this episode be sure to like this episode hit the thumbs up button um let me know any of your thoughts and opinions in the comments down below on any of the segments that i had be respectful but certainly let me know any of your thoughts and opinions don't forget to hit the follow slash subscribe button as well as the bell so you get notified when new videos drop thanks for listening thanks for watching see you next time